Now it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Welcome to show 89, Herb Lab. Uh, big thing here, uh, thank you for all the votes. We have got over a 1,000 votes on the FedEx Small Business Grant, Aww. which is really great. Yeah, great. and definitely a big shout out to all you folks who have been voting for us. We surely do appreciate it. Yes, yes. That was really nice. I love that support. It made me feel all warm and fuzzy. So we still have about two days left. Yeah, you April can... 6 is the deadline for that. So any of you who are out there and are willing to give us a boost, please do vote. I would love to see 1,200 by April 6. That would be so rocking. Yeah, just go to our website and at the very top corner there on the right-hand side, you're going to see the banner for vote. And I know from experience that on some people's phones, the banner doesn't always show up. Yeah, yeah. So you might have to might have to do a little bit of digging if you go to the FedEx um, site, small business grant site itself. Then we, here we are in Oregon, practical yep. herbalist. What's it? Yes, it yes. is. And you can vote one time for each email per 24 hours. So, yep. you know, you can get out there and vote for us at least a couple more times, please. That's right. Please do. For sure. Um, this show is also brought to you by um, Occupy Medical. Right. Uh, we are an integrated health clinic. We are an example of healthcare is a human right, right here in Lane County. And uh, Hunter Creation, where they do graphic design and website design with a client-focused approach, where their motto is, yes, they can do that. And finally, or not finally, but next up is uh, also um, our show sponsors, Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations, a family herbalist helping you create a holistic, natural life that feels great. And finally, the Practical Herbalist. Practical advice on herbs, herbalism, homesteading, and the herbal lifestyle. You can visit their, the site at thepracticalherbalist.com. So we have some upcoming events and news to share. Uh, the first thing up is on May 19th, there's the Traditional Roots Conference. Yeah, the Traditional Roots Conference is going to be taking place up in Portland. They've got a whole lineup of wonderful really experienced some really big name herbalists that we'll be able to get a hold of or get to watch or see. Is it a registration event? People got to register or they show I up? I think or? there's a registration there, but they also said that there are going to be most of the sessions will be done as webinars as well. So oh. even if you can't make it to Portland, you might want to check that out. Okay. And it's a called Herbal Roots? Traditional Roots Traditional Herbal Roots. Herbal Conference. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. On May 21st, if you can't uh, make the Traditional Roots Conference, the Mount Pisgah Wildflower Festival is on. That's Soon. right. Yeah, I will actually be teaching a workshop or a workshop, sorry, a walk, a wildflower walk there. And that one is on Sunday, May 21st, 10 to 5. And they do have shuttles, so you can drive there and go into a little field and have your your valet parking means you get onto a bus with a whole bunch of very excited people. And there's a, a lot of, they have over 300 wildflower specimens on display and there's live music and there's, there's a, a lot of art that people just do. Uh, they make flower mandalas or different things in the trees or on the fields and food booths and crafts and you can get native plants or house plants or uh, flowering plants. And a lot of this goes as a, uh, benefit to Mount Pisgah Arboretum. Which is always surprising to me that they throw those big events on and they only do it for a day. Yeah. Five yeah. hours. Well, done. And it's done. Gone. done. Yeah. Yeah. The next one up is June 9th uh, through 11th, and that's the International Herbs Symposium. 
That's out in Massachusetts. Oh, that that no, is. No, no, that's. I think that one is um, North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, isn't it? Or is it Massachusetts? Oh, the, I don't know. The I international thought. that one's out in Wheaton College in Norton, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, and this is a. Yeah, it's been going on for quite a while. And actually, the thing that right now, if you register, you can win some prizes, which includes a free IHS registration. And there are raffles that they have. These are there are people from that are teaching from, I guess, 13, 12 or 13 different countries. And there's over 40 different teachers. If you look down the list of names, you're going to recognize a whole bunch of them. A lot of powerhouses in the herbal field. And again, this is 13 there's, it's well worth the trip if you can afford to take the trip. <laughs> Someday we're going to be out there too. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of looking over the horizon, you guys are the um, Real Herbalism Radio, the Practical Herbalist is going to be at the AHG show. Yeah, the American Herbalist Guild has asked us to be a guest speaker for their 2017 symposium next fall. Yeah, right. So that's yeah. in October, I think, right? Yep. Yeah, pretty so excited about that. We'll keep promoting that. Every chance we get. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, and then if you like more events that, uh, like herb walks and other things that are near, possibly in your area, go to herbrally.com and you can look at their calendar. They have an extensive um, list of herb walks and such. Yeah. Thank um, you, Mason. Yeah. These are some of the bigger highlight, uh, more uh, national kind of uh, shows, big, getting you know, bigger, bigger shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're on show 89. Can you believe it, guys? Show 89. Show 89. And this is an Herb Lab show, which is a kind of a reflect reflecting show about uh, last week's uh, podcast with uh, Rosalie De La Foray um, with the Alchemy Herbs. And today we're going to discuss uh, what we've done in the vein of alchemy verbs, and I think, Candice, you did some interesting things. Yes, I did. But actually, before we get into that, yeah. I want to remind everyone, if you want to sign up for any of the bonuses, there's still a couple of days left this week. You can still get in on Rosalie's and the Learning Herbs. Are, they're offering some bonuses called the Kitchen Apothecary. So you oh. get in on that if you order Alchemy of Herbs. Go ahead and go to our show notes, and the link will be there. Mm-hmm. And if you go through that link, as opposed to somebody else's link, you'll also give us credit for it because we are affiliates with Learning Herbs. Go through our so, link. So, yeah, that'll help us make a little cash. That's right. Yay. Yes. And it won't cost you anything. We'll just spend it on herbs. So, yeah, I definitely was really thrilled with getting a chance to talk to Rosalie. She's just, she's delightful. Great. So now we'll do our official intro. So welcome to show 89, Herb Lab, with with your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you, know, you and you got smooth. excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Herb Lab is is not. It's an official podcast for us, but it's also a, a more a workshop of what we've done in the last week and to try to. It's, it's a conversation, as, and sometimes it's hard to remember to put that structure piece in there. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we could have gone right into it, but it yeah. helps to get that intro out. So, uh, Candice, you, yeah, I see I there's mean, some there's some small dishes, yeah. and Sue and I were both enthralled with oxymels this week. I personally really needed them. Um, one of the things that's wonderful about herbal oxymels is that they're good for drying up all the mucus. And I had that influenza that went around that was very, um, lots of respiratory stuff. So I had the, the cough and like 
just phlegm, lots of phlegm. Phlegm, like, okay. you know, really. Bad. So I made my, oh. made wow. mine and then I used them. Ooh. So the first one that we're trying here was the dandelion oxymel. And for those of you that follow me on Instagram, a few weeks back, you saw me pull out that giant oh. dandelion from my garden. <laughs> so I used that dandelion to start the basis of an oxymel. I made a honey syrup with the roots and then I made the vinegar with the tops. Mm-hmm. So it's a more complex oxymel than what's in Rosalie's book. Yeah. But this was, you know. It is delicious. <laughs> I took a sip. It is delicious. I mean, it- Vinegar always gives me a certain reaction and no matter what or how, but this was actually good. And I could actually see this as a, as a, in salad dressing. Or yeah, or dipping bread. I have to admit that I've been really enjoying taking that one. That's, that's been one of the prime ones that I've been taking this, Mm. this last week. And do you use the whole plant? I did for this one. I because I flower stem, of course. um, Actually, I stuck the entire tops in. Oh oh my! But it was a it was a it wasn't a huge plant, and I wasn't making a ton. But I took the entire tops and stuck those in the vinegar, chopped them up pretty good. Yeah, put them in the vinegar, and they were there there for maybe a month. All right, and then I used the roots for the to flavor the honey. It is very yummy. And so, what were your proportions of? Do you remember? Yeah, vinegar honey. Well, my actually, my honey and vinegar were roughly half and half. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I I kept them pretty close because I, I at the time I was thinking more sweet to balance out that sour flavor. Right, I'm the not, bitter. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as fond of the sour. You can get you can get that flavor, and your body still reacts even if you don't necessarily taste it. Yes. And yeah. That's something that Howie taught us. I think that is very tasty, and I can completely see taking that. Every day. Yeah, I've been Very yummy. Been taking it a couple times a day, once mm-hmm. in the morning, once in the evening. And I was really surprised. I was having a hard time getting that going. And I was really surprised at how, like, overnight it started to work. I could feel my system drying up. I'm going to try to give you just a little bit, Patrick, because this is not your favorite. No, so the, okay. the second one we're trying here is based, um, is like Sue's inspiration for Herb of the Month, which is lemon balm. Lemon balm. So, so what did you do here with this, Sue? Um, So this is, I soaked the lemon balm for, in the vinegar for a long time. This is using the recipe Mm -hmm. base, the how-to on our website. Okay. And it's the same ratio of, of, uh, uh, apple cider vinegar infused Mm -hmm. to honey. So it's very sweet. So it's about a 50-50, about equal parts. And it's dark. It's very dark, and it seems so much sweeter than the dandelion one That's did. That's right. Well, there is more more honey in it. Can I have a and little I could, more? Yes. <laughs> well, I gotta. There's a flavor. I gotta see if it's there. If it's me. Okay. The there now. Here's the thing. I used a darker honey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because my honey was just a really light, light, yep. lightly flavored one. Yep. That is definitely, you can, I think you can flavor, taste that darker honey flavor. Uh, yeah, you definitely mm-hmm. can. That's that kind of earthy taste. It's also it. go up more of a thicker mouthfeel than the yeah. one, the dandelion one. And I think I could have added more of the lemon balm vinegar to it. But for this one, mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote on that how to is you can add however much you like. Sure. But for, yeah. for this time, I just wanted to follow directions. I think for this one, I could definitely add more. Of the vinegar. Lemon balm's a nice one at this time of year because it's just starting to pop up, It right? is. This is a good time for harvesting it. Yep. And this, to give you an idea of how long the vinegar have been soaking, it's a very dark brown. Yeah, it is. Um, it's quite it's, dark. This is from uh, last, uh, oh gosh, I think it was 
May. So it's been soaking for, for like a, a year. Long time, yeah. Uh-huh. A good you, long time. You did what I do. You stuck in the cabinet and forgot about it. <laughs> that that's right. I certainly did. Here we go. This is the this time one's one. time. Oh yeah, the time. time one. So the time one uses much closer to the proportions in that Rosalie's Rosalie book. Has. The difference, there's two differences in my formula. One was I was out of apple cider vinegar and I had just decanted my wild plum vinegar that I made using Paul Bordier's technique for making wild vinegars last fall. Mm-hmm. So I decanted it. It was definitely a nice, strong plum mm-hmm. vinegar. So I used that. Yeah. And then I used, I had, I decided I wanted to do this and I, I just concocted this idea a week ago. So I thought, okay, how am I going to get this done quickly? And Sue pointed out I've got percolation stuff, so I percolated it. Yeah. So this is a percolated plum vinegar with thyme mm-hmm. and then honey. Yeah. And it uses much more honey or much more vinegar than it does honey. Mm-hmm. So did you add more honey after I gave you some more honey? No, I did not. <sighs> it's still where it is. Because <laughs> I have plans for more oxymils. Okay. So right. I've, I've got plans. Okay. Yeah, so this one is definitely has a pungent mm. taste to it. It tastes like thyme. It's very astringent, and after it sits in your mouth for a little bit, then you can feel that thyme really opening up kind of in the back mm-hmm. of your throat. Yeah. So really great for someone with a sore throat. Yes. Yeah. You definitely your, your face was that. priceless, by the way. <laughs> oh, you're, I'm going to enjoy yeah, yours. Right. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Here comes the little sip. Oh. And now all of his face just traveled oh. to his contorted. nose. Yeah, everything contorted there. Wow. The time one, I have Can to admit, the, bit of coloration the first the day that I had that, yes, I had had the, the like the one day of the dandelion one, and then I then I the time was ready the next day. So I tried mm-hmm. that one that day, and it tasted so sweet and so good to me. And I realized it was more sour than the dandelion, but tasted really good. Yeah. And as my system has dried up. Now it tastes a lot more sour and kind of hideous. Ah, so okay. I'm noticing, oh, my body's probably coming back into balance. That's cause... good. Yes. If you get that hideous taste in your mouth, <laughs> you're healed. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So well, we have that a one final. Was, that one had quite a bit of flavor to it. All right. Let's see this one. This okay. is the, it's a combination uh, nettle, cleavers, oats, oxymel. So yeah, so Sue's brilliant idea for a more <laughs> intense and complex oxymel. Right. I, I, my current name for it is Fortify. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a good spring oxymel. Here we go. That's nice. It doesn't seem quite as sweet as the lemon balm one. Yeah. Even though I'm guessing your proportions were proportions similar. Proportions were the same. That's funny. Yeah. Lemon balm must add a lot more sweet to it. I guess so. And then also mm, the... It's nice. It was a lighter honey. Ah, uh, that probably did it. Yeah, a lighter honey. So it makes a difference if you use a dark honey or a light honey. This is these. one that I could easily see drizzled on salads or with mm-hmm. breads or on your oatmeal in the morning. Sure. Are you uh, done? I thought we're done. Yeah, Don't me there's those four to try. <laughs> well, I, I try that last one again. Oh, you do I'm like that? Sure. That last one was really good. I could see that as being something that'd be really hey, more, hey, hey. really okay. valuable for folks <laughs> who are facing allergy season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what I was devising here, like something that was very nutrient rich. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I liked the way that one turned out. That one, I mean, the dandelion and that one are like probably the, the two that I like the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, Second one had a, you know, the honey mix. I mean, I like the lemon balm and I just, there was something, I got a, uh, and I know you're going to laugh. Okay. Too, but I got this green manure. 
<laughs> you know, oh, oh do go on. Talk yeah. more about my cooking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got that, that real kind of farm, barnyard yeah. kind of in my, you know, in my olfactory senses. And I just, yeah. I couldn't figure it out. And, and so that's why I had to have it again because I wanted to, to taste it. And then the third one, Candace, that thing. The time is the pretty time. sour. So sour. That sour. some vinegar yeah. turned out to be really freaking sour. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. different vinegars I mentioned, if we were to use a wine vinegar or some, a, yeah. a white vinegar, it would be a completely different experience. I think so, yeah. So that's wow. a thing for our folks to notice. If you go to our website and you look at our Oxymel how-to and then try, you know, check out the encyclopedia pages and and the information we have on the individual herbs, decide which one you want to try and, and give it a try like we just did. Try yeah. a couple different types of things. Yeah. Just the very little tiny variations makes a really big difference with the flavor. Plus experimenting is always fun. It is fun. So, you know, you should just try it for the sake of experiment. Yeah, most definitely. I could see how if you were to make that time and maybe add a couple of other ones added to that, like balancing that one if you had a cold or felt a cold coming on. Yeah, it would be a good one for if you had a cold coming on. And honestly, you could add a little bit more honey to it to make it a little bit less intense, I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah, definitely. But that I feel... I've often had when I had a sore throat, uh, thyme or sage lemonade. Yeah, that's, nice. You know nice. that really helps kind of take things out. But this would the oxymel would be much better. I'm almost thinking you could take some elecampane root and, and uh, put that in the honey. Oh, you know, gently warm it so that the honey takes on the elecampane, and then put that with the thyme vinegar. Oh, It'd probably make a really or th- nice or ginger. Yeah, or ginger. Like, okay. I was thinking about elecampane because I know it has affinity specifically for the throat and respiratory system. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That would be good. So you're basically, are you be making a syrup and then adding that to an infused vinegar? Yeah. That's Ah. what I'm thinking. Oh, that's an idea. Yes, well, ah. the science continues. More time um, to play. This is a, a – oxymels are really great if people have digestive issues or sore throats. Mm-hmm. The, for people that have distended bellies, um, little kids will get distended bellies. Sometimes they've got some gas in there, a little colicky, or if you've had a really heavy meal, the yeah. uh, vinegar helps kind of get that system going. And – it's just so astringent on the throat if you've got something yeah. that needs to get the goobers out. So that mucilaginous issue that you talked about, you just yeah. had mucus coming out of uh-huh. many different pores. So this would be a good way to help pull it out. Yeah, the only time you really avoid them is if you have a particularly dry system. So if you're having a dry hacking cough, for instance, It'll avoid make it. Drier, it. Yeah. yeah, avoid the oxymels. Yeah. But, you know, hay fever, oh my God. Right. That would be a really nice solution to help with that. Yeah, definitely. Huh. Yeah, if you have the coughing fit, then that's when an elecampane syrup or yeah. something like that, just honey with an herb. Yeah. That would be a good yeah. combination. Mm. So this is our, what, third spring doing this? Yes. Podcast and stuff. I and think it is. Of, of that time frame, you've never, both of you, have never brought this concoction up to the to the forefront. So oh, really? Why yeah, this, we did this, this, spring? Uh, this spring. Yeah, this, so why this spring? Because it's obviously been around for a long time. So, it has been around yeah. for centuries. You know, so <laughs> why, what, what got your interest in it this year, this time, this thing? This time. Not time. Uh, not time. Not time. Not time. Yeah, because it's just interesting because we, we've talked about this. We, we've we've done this so much and we, you know, we talk about herbs and herbalism and some of the oxymels have been around 
They have been. But now you guys are like awesome. Now we're all over them. Well, I notice yeah. that so things often, for me, things <laughs> often show up shortly before I need to use them. So I wasn't planning to get sick with the flu when I pulled that dandelion out and thought, oh, gee, let's make an OxyPel. That will be fun. Mm-hmm. But you knew oh. about OxyPels beforehand. So I was, vaguely, I was you... vaguely aware of them, but yeah. I hadn't used them. Well, you, Sue, have you made them before? And this... A little bit, but I found, I found a good recipe somewhere else, an older recipe, and just kind of – I had all of these old, these vinegars sitting there. Right. Like I was saying, you know, with the – the other vinegars yeah. and balm, and it was just sitting. And then I that was so I overdid how much I made. Right. So oh, I had yeah. to do something yeah. with it, and I knew I was going to be more likely to consume it if I made it into an oxymel. Yeah. And we have uh, kind of the at Occupy Medical. We've done syrups, and we've we've made vinegars for people, and they are reticent to take the vinegars. Yeah, they're S- hard to take. <laughs> they are. Some people ask for them. Yeah. They're, Most people, not so much. Right. Yeah. So adding the honey to it made it more palatable. So we're still delivering that vinegar-based mm-hmm. medicine for those specific things that vinegar is so good for. Um, a lot of people that have been on antibiotics, for example, the apple cider vinegar, that helps stir up and feed the diversity of bacteria that people need in order to properly digest stuff. And there, people just aren't taking it. So add honey to it, spoonful mm-hmm. of honey, there you go. Yeah. It's all good. So we've just been kind of talking about it for a while. What do we do? What do we do? And this is what we did. And it's been very popular. You know, the the honey syrup mm-hmm. is always a popular thing. Yeah. We needed well, to add good. a little more con- things to help kind of – dig down deeper into folks' roots. And with the kind of patients that we see in the spring, it's a lot of respiratory stuff. Yeah. And there's always, when you're working with an unhoused or a medical indigent, you're always going to have digestive issues. Right. Just always. So combining the two of them. I I don't know. I think the first time I ever had Oxymel was in a herb group hmm. that was in my house. Someone brought in some. Oh, one other thing we haven't done yet that we should put on our list is Moxie's. And that's a completely different, yeah, that's little a little bit similar, but yeah, that's I don't know much about Moxies. Well, here comes another podcast. Oh boy, <laughs> the Is Moxie that when they say podcast. You got Moxie, you got Moxie. <laughs> kid. yeah, you got Moxie kid. But yeah, there, we had a whole bunch of different things in that one. No, I don't think it was chickweed. I've been to in a couple of herb groups before, and it's always fun to see what see. other people pull to the surface. And it's you know sometimes you just follow me like okay. Lavender shortbread. Hmm. 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 Done yeah. right, though. It can be quite tasty. It was okay. I will never cook it, ever. I have the little card that has the recipe on it, and it was okay. But yeah. it wasn't okay enough that I'm going to make it again. <laughs> Personally, I prefer cardamom in my sharp shortbread. So yeah, that would be good. It's just much tastier. Good. So, yeah, I guess it was a seasonal thing. And then just looking at all that vinegar. Did, mm-hmm. did um, Rosalie's book have any impetus for you guys? After you were getting into it, well, she, I was kind of excited when I saw the thyme vinegar in there because I hadn't, or thyme oxymel because I hadn't, I hadn't thought about using it that way. I just had this idea during the gardening that I was like, "Oh, look, here's a dandelion. Oh, oxymel, that'll be fun." Mm-hmm. Well, how do I do that? And I put it together, and and I was waiting for it to steep for the vinegar to you know do the, do its thing, and right. and then and we'd done the Thomas Easley percolation thing. Yep, and yeah, and I. So, I mean, it just all sort of unfolded. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. yeah. I didn't plan anything. 
Yeah, I was excited. I just follow my whims. Yeah, Yeah, I was excited to see that she had an oxymel because I don't see oxymel recipes in a lot of books. Right. Yeah. Honestly, it's she has a lot of really interesting recipes in there. Yeah, and it was it's a good book. I've I've been interested in it. I mean, there were a lot of things that I already know, of course, Mm -hmm. um, because I've been doing herbs and herbalism a long time, as you have. Right. But but I found some of the recipes and the ideas of how to combine things interesting. Yeah. Well, there was another thing that that you made. The ghee? The ghee. Oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't really directly from her book. I mean, she mentions ghee in here, Uh and I think it was in relationship to maybe turmeric. I can't remember for sure. She had like a warm milk thing that had Yeah, she has the golden milk with ghee in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of research lately on Ayurvedic uh, medicine in general, or herbs, mm-hmm. really, in general. And one of the things that ghee is really good for is pitta or fiery people. Uh-huh. So people who have a lot of overheating, inflammatory issues, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So that's something that has come up a lot for me personally. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I decided, well, you know, I'll finally make some ghee. And I've, I mean, I've made it. Through the, off and on through the years. So it's not like this is new to me. But the new thing was that I decided this time I will try adding, I've read about adding things like she has an ashwagandha ghee where you're adding herbs to the ghee. And, and they're dry. They're and, dry herbs. Yeah. I mean, the what, what she has in her recipe includes ghee, honey, ashwagandha powder, and tricatu powder. Which, oh, is she stirring those up? Stir, stir, warm. Things yeah, up, you, stirred you, in. Yeah, you mm. melt everything and then add the um, add the powders to it. Stir it up and let it cool, pretty mm-hmm. much. And but I had seen that, and then I've also seen medicated ghee recipes in um, the. In fact, the her mentor, whose name I have a hard time remembering. Hmm. Kulsa, I know is his last name. Oh, Saint okay. Kulsa, but I can't Ayurvedic teacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's he's a really famous, well known Ayurvedic teacher, and I have the um, the way of Ayurvedic herbs, which is his book. And okay. In there, there's recipe for medicated ghee and a how to on if you want to do it. This is the basics of how you do this. Right. So I thought, oh, you know, I've got this lump in my throat. It's not really a lump. It's, it's, it's more a like lymph, a, a, yeah, it's a lymph gland. Yeah. yeah. From that mm-hmm. flu that hasn't, it hasn't really unswollen yet. Right. So I thought, well, you know, make this medicated ghee. I've got red clover at home and I've got red root at home. So you so, had the dry red root? Yeah. Oh. Dry red root and dry red clover. So I put those in and I followed his his method, which includes water and ghee and the plant material, mm-hmm. and then you pretty much just like simmer it until the water has all evaporated, mm-hmm. and then strain out the plant material, and what's left is your medicated ghee. Mm-hmm. So I did it, and you know, yeah. did that today. So I'll have to let you guys know how that yeah. went. <laughs> well, you put a little bit on your neck, I know. Yeah, I put some when I was play, straining out the plant material. I was squeezing it out, and of course, my hands are covered in ghee yeah. as a result. Right? <laughs> and instead of just washing it off, I'm rubbing it into my hands. My hands smell like ghee. Yeah, and my neck. So I put it on my neck already, and it's been you know maybe an hour and a half since I did that, mm-hmm. and I noticed that the spots that were sore are a little bit less so, mm-hmm. and I was like starting to feel it when I was like swallowing and. 
Seems and you like said you felt thirsty. And I was starting like to feel thirsty, dry. which is not usual for me. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. seems to be doing something. We'll find out. Yeah. It's all, taking all your boogers out. Yeah. It's moving like that sucker. Moving that material out. Yeah. That's Yay. good. Yeah. No, you don't we don't want to miss that. Uh, yeah, I, I've never worked with ghee ever. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't even know it's made from a plant. Butter. No, butter. it's butter. It's, butter. it's clarified butter. Okay, what's clarified? So you take your pound of butter or whatever, however much you're making. I make it by the pound usually. So you take your pound of butter, put it in your pot, small pot, bring it up to the point where it's melting and starting to sizzle. And you know how you'll start to see the white milk fats select on the top? When they all drop to the bottom and the ghee will start to have more of a golden color and there's really no milk fats left on the top, then it's time to pour it off. And then you just leave the other stuff at the bottom. Yeah. And I usually pour it off through a strainer with cheesecloth lined with several layers of cheesecloth. Okay. So it's less fatty. um, Well, actually, it's just the fat. It's just the fat? And none of the milk solids. What do you do with the milk solids? I just throw those out. They have sort of eggs. There's not that much there usually, especially if you buy really good butter. Oh. I mean, we buy the butter that is like the pastry chefs buy when oh, I do this. the hoity-toity butter. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it has less water in it. And okay. that's so why it I do it. So it doesn't pop as much as when you're cooking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like when we, some of the other brands that we've made ghee from, for convenience or whatever, you can hear them for, I mean, they're really loud when they're making, when yeah. it's clarifying out because the water is coming out yeah. and then popping inside the oil and uh-huh. getting out. Yeah. So when you use a higher quality butter, you don't have that. Oh, okay. And for be better for making biscuits, huh? Yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. So, and then the other time of year that if you want, if you don't want to spay the, spend the hoity-toity price for mm-hmm. the expensive butter, yep. buy your butter at Christmas time because at the Christmas holidays, the butter is typically more um, fat than water. And then as the year progresses, they go with the more water content. Which well, because of what cheaper, they're feeding the, the cows? Well, that or they're I think it's, trying to maximize profit. Yeah, I think it's more of a profit thing, personally. Because they can you know, they can change the water content based on whatever. Oh, because of science. Yeah, yeah. and you can I – mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and everyone will deny it. I know that. But when you are making ghee, you, you can, can tell. tell who's got yeah. water in it and who doesn't. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's it's obvious yeah. um, where yeah. the water's coming in. So, so you're just putting a pot on your stove? Yep. Yeah, it's just a on little pot. No, on the stove. You stir it. You only stir it until it gets to the point where the milk, where you can see those milk curds or milk fats starting to collect at the top. And, that's and they, what you want. once they begin dropping, you don't want to stir it anymore. You okay, so it's you're cooking it at medium? Low. Medium to low. Medium to I mean, low. it kind of depends. Burn on, it. Depends on burn how, it. yeah, you don't want to burn it. Depends on how impatient you are. You know, I mean, I might cook mine a little bit higher because I tend to be impatient. Mm -hmm. But if Patrick's around, I'll put it lower because he'll remind me to go look at the ghee again. Yeah. (laughs) So how long does that take? Oh, 20 minutes. 20 or 30 minutes. I mean, it it doesn't have to take very long. Like Like the length of a podcast? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's the preferred cooking oil in Indian cooking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they – that's what's used a lot. Yeah. Um, You can also get it to go a little darker. And then that's that's what they do in um, was it Ethiopia? Uh, well, um, the Ethiopian one that we did had spices in it. Yeah, I don't remember but, which but spices they we were. We took it. You can take it darker, and then it'll get a nuttier flavor. Oh, it'll interesting! It'll get a really warm, nutty flavor as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you can customize the way you want, like your ghee to have a flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like the um, uh, chefs call it the you know, the brown butter flavor. 
Okay. Yeah. That's kind it's of like what it that. is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The milk solids, when you strain it out, the milk solids will have a slightly sour smell and flavor to them. And then the remaining ghee will be nutty and lighter yeah. in, in taste. There's probably some recipe for using those milk solids too. I don't know. There's not that much that comes out. It, it's not, I mean, Just a little tiny it's like bit. a teaspoon maybe. Right. You know, I mean, it's not a lot. And honestly, when you catch it in the cheesecloth, it's really not something not you can easily worth use. It. Okay. No. It's not like a curd or anything. It's not oh. like that. No. Oh, okay. But you, see, you're heating up oil. Yeah. And then you're frying, basically you're frying the milk fat in that oil. Uh-huh. And frying just, out all the impurities. Yeah, and it dissipates down to the bottom oh, of what's that's left. The, so that's it's, the ickies. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. You don't, don't want that. that. Yeah. Okay. And it also yeah. extends the shelf life of that butter for quite a long time. Really? Um, yeah, so that's proper, the stuff that Properly made ghee life. can sit on the counter for years and huh. it'll be fine. I mean, assuming you're not putting it through lots of temperature extremes. Right. And you seal it, you know, like close it. Just don't leave it wide, sitting wide open so things can crawl in it or fall in it. Right, but, right. No bugs. Yeah. But right. properly made ghee will last a very long time. Uh-huh. Not in my house, but that's because we'll use it up. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not exactly. spoilage. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I use it for a butter replacement because I noticed that if I do butter, I'm more likely to get you know problems with like sinuses and stuff. I don't have a ton of sinuses, sinus issues, but during allergy season, my body's Everything. super sensitive. Sure. Ghee doesn't do that. Right. So I'm thinking there's something about the milk solids that – you might be reacting to. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it probably, it just probably causes more um, swelling or more heaviness in the sinuses, which if you have really dry sinuses, that'd be great. Right. But for me, I don't. In allergy season, I've already got too much heaviness and too much swelling. So, right. yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Well, thank you to Rosalie for mm-hmm. being such a good inspiration for our cooking and delicious oxymels. They were very tasty. Do we want one more taste of something before we move? No. No. <laughs> oh, oh. No. I'll drink them down. I'll drink, drink all the rest down, down happily. Yeah. I no, think it's, it's fine. delicious. Oh, They're I'm really tasty. I'm going to have more of this. I liked, I liked the nettle cleaver oat. Like, that, that one's seemed good. seemed like oh, I needed that one. And the yeah. the flavor of the dandelion was like a treat. Yeah. But this, the, the nettle cleaver oat that. Feels like this is the time of year I need to be taking this a lot. I bet, yeah. It's a good time of year for taking that. So many minerals and, and so much yeah. nutrition in that. Yeah, yeah. And it's been kind of a stressful week, so yeah. I know I need it. Yeah. I know I need it. Wow. All right, now it's time for a, a word from our sponsor. Hunter Creation is a full-service graphic design studio. They offer design for print like business cards, brochures, and large-format banners. They also offer design for web specializing in self-hosted WordPress sites, e-commerce, and single-splash pages. To top it all off, they can get just about anything printed for you at amazing prices, whether or not they do the design work. Visit their site at huntercreation.com for more information. Okay, we're back. So now the next thing on our on our Herb Lab show is usually an Herbal 101, but today we're going to do something that we haven't done in a while, and that's Herbs in the News. Herbs in the News. Sue, you have brought to us a wonderful article. A scary article, actually. It's a scary article about someone completely misusing turmeric. Yes. I'm going to be really biased and judgmental here. No, it, I'm, kill, I'm it killed somebody. I'm angry about the fact that this was this even happened. Yeah, yes. at the end of the day, this person should not have died. Yes, most definitely. 
So what happened here? So the first article that I looked at was a Forbes magazine article, and it was written by Britt Maria Hermes. And the article title is? It's called Naturopathic Doctors Look Bad After California Woman Dies from Turmeric Injection. So, yeah. So it was actually when I, I, um, someone else talked to me about it and they had read it in a different news setting, but there wasn't that much information on it. So I, I looked up something that had a little more information in it. And um, this was took place in San Diego. And this woman who was in her 30s, she was having some eczema problems and went to an ND down in San Diego. And they said, oh, well, we've been doing this fun new thing with injecting people with herbs in an IV. I'd say uh, right solution. there, right there, injecting herbs, bad. I can tell you that right now. Bad, bad idea. Run for the hills. Yeah. yeah. Run. So Run she's a, she thought, oh, that's that's a new and interesting thing. And sadly, um, she did not, she, not, she had a really bad reaction. She had a cardiac arrest. And they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened. Was it a reaction to the herbs or, you know, was it that <clears throat> the... Herb, the turmeric was, um, was the poisoned. Not, was the IV not done properly? Was the IV not <laughs> done properly? I mean, in <clears throat> California, naturopaths, naturopathic doctors are licensed to do IVs. It is kind of a standard thing. You know, you're, you can get it in just about any clinic. Um, and it's been really popular lately for people that have hangovers or they're just, they have a case of the SADS or something where they'll go in and they'll, just to make them feel better, they'll get an IV and it does replenish a person. It's it's true. Um, so not a substitution for keeping hydrated with water. Um, some people don't have that option if they have like kidney damage or something. But it has become a bit of a trend. And I think that I suspect not not uh, math based or whatever. But I'm suspecting that this treatment was a response to that trend. And the doctor that. Gave it to her, was charging, it looks like, um, a couple hundred dollars for the first hour session. And then you came back for something else, um, another another couple hundred bucks uh, to get an update on it. Oh, it says here the IV would, uh, session costs $200. And then there's an initial visit here, uh, prices between $200 to $400. It's a little pricey. And unfortunately, it, it didn't help her. And there's other things that are going on, like hydrogen peroxide. People are getting that injected, which please I, I have to don't say do it. that this is an area where I start to get really angry because, I mean, as everybody probably knows by now, I'm fierce about we don't want to regulate herbalism. We want to remain independent. We don't want to regulate plants. That's usually bad. Mm-hmm. And then you have people doing stuff like this, which is just plain stupid, in my opinion. It is completely Am stupid. Am I a trained medical person? No, I am uh-huh. not. I am not a trained physician. I have not spent years in studying science and medicine through traditional me- you know, right. schools or whatever. But I can tell you that I, I think it, it just seems common sense that the only place you should be getting anything injected like that or any IVs would be at like a hospital, um, perhaps by emergency services, like, you know, Mm -hmm. EMT people, doctors and nurses that are licensed. I mean, that's a place where you're talking about acute crisis care. Right, right. So it angers me when someone is doing, you know, an IV just willy-nilly for hangovers. What the heck? Right. 
you know, hey, just don't drink as much. Okay, that that'd be a smart thing. Mm. B, drink a lot of water while sure. you're drinking and afterwards. You know, see, plan for a day off so you can recover. Right. You know, some no, of these no. things just seem like, well, you know, yep. they're and not going to kill you. So some people have have done terrible damage to themselves by drinking too much. And and yeah. they are, you know, they've had, like with, with drinking after a while, it causes diarrhea. And right. you, you need to be rehydrated after that. But that's that's but not that's the conditions not home, that... That's not, that's, a not home, what it's, that's not a home remedy. That's not you a home remedy. Right. Right. Go this to the is doctor a, for that. that. That would be an emergency room. Some people yes. drink so much or they party so hard that they do need to go to the emergency yes. room. But this, this is not what we're go. talking about. Yeah. This is a trend. So that's why I'm thinking it came out of the trend. And eczema, an IV for eczema... Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm not as, I don't have my finger on the pulse, but it seems just to be trendy. That seems extremist to me. Like, was there any evidence behind it? You know, and, and ND is, is one thing. They they are surviving as an industry because they've got some science behind it. And if you're just kind of like, well, probably, yeah, we need to experiment, but not on, not when, not when you're going to kill someone. Well, yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, this is the stuff that makes me angry because it gives naturopaths and it gets gives herbalists a bad name. It does. And Run, they pissed in the pool. Yeah, pretty much. And the rest of us now have to deal with that. Right. And, you know, it's hard enough in a, in a climate where everybody says science is the only way and medicine is the only way. And, or they, you know, it's not. Right. And, and pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies are really driving that and have turned it into a profit industry instead of a, you know, wellness industry, right. you know, in terms of medicine. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to bring herbalism back so that it's, that's not about profit. And we're trying to show it, it in it, the same way. Yeah. You can do it badly, but here's a safe way to do it. Clearly that's not a safe that's way to do not, it. So, yeah. you know, now we all know, don't, don't do that anymore. Let's stop that. Mm -hmm. The sad, really sad there's a lot of sad parts of, of course, the person's passing is very sad. But mm -hmm. 2017, the this year that this happened is the same year that uh, California will be reviewing naturopathic physician licensure. This is when it comes up for review. So right. thank you again. That's great. And the people that are kind of the big indies in the field down there, they've all went, oh, why? Why, why yeah. did you do this? This isn't a, what protocol, what have what you got you there? Yeah, what were you thinking? Right, so it's not just, you know, like you and me sitting by the kitchen table going, what the heck? What yeah. are you doing over there? It's it's the people it's, who are prominent in the field yeah. slapping their foreheads and, and saying, like, cursing the heavens. Like, yeah, thanks. That's great. You've you've ruined someone's someone's life and then the people that they that they yeah. touched Ooh, and you have a lot of lives screwed things up now we now we now we got to go talk about we're going to see turmeric kills we're going to see mm -hmm. you know and we don't know why it's kind of like the whole big comfrey thing i mean oh my god terrible yeah. terribly designed study comes out and now for decades Everybody's afraid of com comfrey. Comfrey because they they have because of a very poorly, poorly designed well, study. They, it was publicized. It was publicized nauseam. badly. The yeah. study itself was simply: is there the PAs are in is how much PAs are in these particular plants in different levels, and they showed there were different levels. Right. And then at that same time, we had um, starvation, and people were eating nothing but comfrey, and they had liver damage and right. died from that. So yeah, yeah there's a lot what of factors going on, but it was. It was science that was then distorted into 
a fear campaign against a plant. Right. Which is honestly a very good and health, helpful plant. Right. So it's so bad. we're going to do the same thing now. So now we've got to be afraid of turmeric. Right. I mean, uh, turmeric is evil. Well, so you know, everything can be poorly applied. Too much water is called drowning. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to you have to be very careful. Exactly. So yes, it's well, wonderful, you have to but just that be using common sense. Yeah. I mean, don't inject crap into your body. Right. Don't go running with scissors. Just, but still, you, know. you can use scissors. Yeah. That's. It's frustrating. It makes me very frustrated to see this kind of thing. And yet, you know, if, if we don't learn from it, then mm-hmm. we're fools. So when it comes down to it, turmeric is not for injecting into your blood veins, but it is a good internal medicine when used in food-grade quantities. Sure. Put it yes. in your curry. Mm-hmm. Take it that way. And honestly, if you're taking turmeric regularly in food-grade quantities and it is appropriate for the type of eczema you have, it mm-hmm. will do the job that way. Sure. Be and patient. It shouldn't have to work overnight. If there is a way to safely inject turmeric, let's wait and get some information about that first rather than just, let's, you know, let's be cautious. Let's be right. smart. Right. Be sensible. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication. Or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem, any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.